You guys, you guys do CrossFit? Why don't you cross fuck off? <laughs> Give your balls a turn. <laughs> fuck you, Shorzy. Fuck you, Shorzy. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the attentive atelier. So, gentlemen... How are we? What's everyone been up to? Brett, what have you been up to for the last seven days? I have been painting letters. Ooh. Effectively. <laughs> this week, I have been mostly painting letters. This week, I have been mostly painting <laughs> letters. Um, no, we have a big <laughs> bullet bourbon. Uh, you know, Jimmy does work for the Diageo company. And they, uh, I think they asked her about a dozen... Uh, lighted marquee sign things like he's made before the channel letters. Yeah. Um, and after a little bit of discussion, it was like, "Wow, to make twelve of those is going to take a month." You know, hand bending the that's going to take Brett ages. <laughs> <laughs> Effectively, so the decision was made that we were going to cut them out of this two inch MDF and channel them out or whatever. But it's like everything's a little bit wonky and the router bit broke and whatever. So there's a lot of sanding and a lot of painting and it's now been up to 23 signs and each one has what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven letters. So seven times 23 hand painted and sanded, which sucks, but it is they're They're paying really, really well. Uh, so it's been tedious and and we had the heat go out the other day, so I haven't complained about the cold in a couple of weeks, but holy shit. <laughs> the heat went out right when we were experiencing this, you know, hilarious microburst, which is normal weather for most of Canada. <laughs> um, but other than that, I've got a couple of other projects that I've been working out the details on. One build video that I hope to do this coming week. Um, and then I've been working on Patreon stuff because I'm uh, finally at a point where I can throw a little bit of money and, and get back uh, to Patreoning things. So goodies, goodies coming up for patrons. Very excited about them. I'm very excited. Mm. But of course, you know, I'm like, yay, I can send these off to, to get things made. And then it's like six weeks. Oh, shit. <laughs> six weeks. Two weeks. weeks. <laughs> but that's been it. It's, it's nothing too crazy around our end. Um, just just a lot of tedious work getting through it. What have you guys been up to? Out. What have you been? I got a video out. Yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been worth uh, burning the midnight oil. I forgot sayings again. We used a bowl of sayings last week. I forgot saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah burning the midnight oil, trying to get the bar built. Um, so I'm building like a prop bar for an event we've got at work. Um, it's using all the wood that I used for the window display, just repurposed. Not reclaimed, Joel, before you spit the dummy out. Um, this Are you was, sure it's not a restoration? It could. I, it was a uh, <laughs> an epoxy an river, an impossible epoxy river restoration <laughs> where, where I ruined a piece of history. Um, no, it's quite funny. It's basically just like Lego. I just took apart something I'd previously made and rebuilt it into something else. Um, yeah, it was awesome. And it was crazy short time and ridiculously tight budget. I think I spent like 10 quid on a sheet of crap old plywood. Um, <laughs> with a wheel mark over with, it. With a tie mark and it had been ripped in half. And um, yeah, some some finish, some 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 stain and some um, some poly. So it was really cheap to build a bar. It's does the purpose is really good. I'm going to fit some hardware to it, some like railings and some hooks and yeah, some other little fo- horse brasses. Um, <laughs> and then hopefully I can get it back after the event and then it can be a yeah. bar in my house, which would be fantastic. Awesome. I, I have to just interject and say it was one of my more uh, favorites. It was one of my favorites that you've done so far, just because of the, the stylistic stuff we talked about in the pre-show, but I I think you're really starting to find the stride. And like the Jane video and Tira and everything, I, everything you come up with always has like really beautiful moments and I really enjoy the videos. But this one for a simple build just engaged me the whole time. And yeah. it was silly and I fucking loved it. And who doesn't like a good slapstick pratfall at the end? <laughs> like, that was amazing. 
Yeah, I think I think the 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 highest compliment I can say to uh, about the video is um, I uh, Jazz watched it earlier on uh, earlier on today, and just the amount of times that she'd laugh and just go, "He's such a swat," whilst watching it. <laughs> Was was brilliant. It was yeah. It was a really really fun. Bit. And the thing is, is it like we talked about earlier on, like the fact that it's there's lots of silly, dumb, like obviously wrong things, like the the whole router thing, um, <laughs> which, which I love. But it was just the the dryness and the seriousness of which they were delivered. And it's like the fact that you maintain that, but still there was good tips and it was still a good build video it was, yeah it was very well done i yeah. i do think that <laughs> between al talking to bruce which i know he talks to he's been <laughs> talking to bruce quite a bit for as long as i've known him but uh it sounds like everybody needs a inanimate object <laughs> yeah. to chat with in the videos a fucking now. object <laughs> yeah but so, Steve, you need to get like a, a Joe cardboard cutout or something like that. <laughs> just have in the corner. Oh, that's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. All right, Steve, what have you been up to? Uh, this week, I, I've been, I spent a couple of days after we last recorded in the workshop uh, just tidying. What did you do um, after we recorded? What did I do after we recorded? Well, if you were out. paying attention. Hey, you followed in the footsteps of other great podcasters and went on Makers International. Oh yeah, oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yes, I was on another podcast, uh, Makers International. Um, Rich wasn't there though because uh, he just couldn't be bothered to turn up, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was on there. That was really, really uh, good fun. It was a fantastic um, episode. Watching through the uh, the usual channels of the the, the chat room, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, except for there were way too many minutes spent discussing hand-eye coordination sexual <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, and, and also, it was really, really difficult uh, being on that podcast and not trying to take over and be like, right, okay, so let's move on from that. Let's move on to the guys. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's fine. I don't need to corral anyone in this. It's someone else's podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was really good fun. Uh um, I've been in the shop um, organising, which is something that's needed doing really, really badly. And it, oh, it looks so good in there now. And I've got <laughs> like loads of space. And I've I knocked up a couple like owl style uh, shelves and things to go Style. under the owl. Uh, <laughs> um, because it, it it's simple things like the amount of junk that I was storing under the workbench, but because I was piling junk on top of junk on top of junk. I could never get to anything. So now because I've got like different levels of junk, I can still get to things. And I've even got um like all my woodworking tools are now in a little wheelie bin that Woodworking's just goes... a dead art though. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> but um but yeah, so I can actually like put them all under the workbench out of the way. And then when I do actually need them, I can wheel them out without having to spend ten minutes digging through old bits of metal and stuff yeah. like that. It's fantastic. Um, Fantastic. Makes and, my heart uh, happy. <laughs> and yeah, and just like everything else, it's I've got a shitload more room in there now because I've moved everything out of the way. And it's it means that I can actually do production work and actually like get my workflow sorted and, and do things properly, which is really, really nice. Um and one of the last things I was doing was moving the anvil um back into the center of the, the space so I can actually start working on it. But uh, as some of you may have seen from Instagram, I dropped it. And <laughs> that thing's fucking heavy. So it's actually still on the floor at the moment because I've got to get uh, a mate to come over and help me pick it up because I can't. Um, How many yeah, kilos I dropped... is, is that one? Sorry? How many kilos is that one? Uh, I think it's about 120. Um, but it's it's more than I can deadlift on my own. So, yeah. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Same. Yeah, I can't lift. I can't lift mine. They're the same. They're the same weight. I can't lift mine either. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> wow. It's that sucks. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's hopefully going to go back on the stand um, this week, uh, tomorrow. Sorry, um, but I do need to build a new stand for it anyway. Uh, but yeah, the reason I dropped it is because I was not really paying attention. Uh, so we were going to talk this week about like paying attention and keeping people's attention um 
so both paying attention when you're in the shop and and keeping people's attention when you're posting videos or or whatever else um so yeah uh either of you guys want to kick off on that subject or Brent now really you posted to. the most <laughs> <laughs> uh smooth professional i love it nice yeah um yeah absolutely um i i was <laughs> Uh, I think it was the the Reclaim guys uh, on this week's episode. They were talking about um, they do like a crap version of spiffing, um, and <laughs> the Tim's was uh, a guy called Wesley Treat. I don't know if it's his real name because it's a cool name if he is. Um, <laughs> and he uh, was casting some um, resin, like little dials and knobs from vintage uh, hardware. Yeah. He collects like cool vintage hardware. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you said that. Um, and he. Um, He'd sent some for Tim that he could use for um, knobs and dials on his guitars because I don't know if you know, but he makes guitars. Um, and... I didn't know that. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it, from the from the from the outset and the description of it, it was like, oh, exciting. Um, but then, like, I, I actually, weirdly enough, because you know, in absolutely no way is is the internet stalking me. Um, it just popped up in my feed. Um, yeah. I've never seen this guy's channel before. I've never watched any of his videos. And one popped up and it was, um, he built, he turned his uh, storage heater and gas tank into Bender. Nice. And basically just like painted the gas tank <laughs> with a Bender face and put like the eyes on and everything and, and spray painted it great. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the, the resin casting video on it and he just, on the outset, it was just like, oh, another resin video. Great. Let's watch someone pour two liquids into a mold and it cure. Um, but he managed to make it interesting and he managed to, to keep my attention throughout the video. Yeah. Um, and it was, it wasn't like, you know, fart noises and, and, and running around being silly. It was just little, little things that kind of, you, you just notice at the corner of your eye and make you pay attention. So kind of like when you're watching this old Tony yeah. and it all of a sudden they'll be like, hang on a minute, that's not how you do that. Like, what, what, <laughs> oh, right. Oh, he's joking. Oh, you don't. That's not really how you cut metal with like wooden stakes and, and <laughs> expand them with water. But you, you've kind of you, you've got to pay attention, or it's not worth it. Like you, you, yeah. you miss the joke, or there'll be a um, sort of sleight of hand or a play on words that you know. If it's just in the background, like if it's just an episode of Friends on in the background that you don't really care about, it's just yeah. on. Um, whereas I think there's real value, especially in YouTube and especially in this kind of um, really fast-paced sort of you know um, ingestion of of, of, of stimulus you have to be able to, to hold someone's attention. Otherwise, they're just not going to be interested or they're not going to get it. Like yeah. you might put a lot of effort into things. Brett, I know um, you and Jess have talked in the past about putting lots of effort into props and like making costumes and like background stuff. And like 90% of people probably won't even notice. But the yeah. fact that you did it makes you enjoy it more and it makes the, the process of, of doing the actual thing way more involved from your standpoint. So even sort of subconsciously, subvertedly, it makes it, a more involved process and it makes it more interesting. So similar to the, um, to the, to the Lord of the Rings costumes that Weta made, you know, the lining of the fucking suits of armor was all authentic and, and yeah. like authentic. It's fantasy, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Never going to be seen on film, but it made the actors feel more a part of the role yeah. and, 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 and transported them into this mindset because, you know, it wasn't just green screen and they weren't just wearing like foam. Yeah. So the, the, this idea of like either if you're paying attention or you're trying to get the people involved in you paying attention, yeah. it's like it's like anything like doing a presentation at work or you know I, I don't want this to be just a conversation about YouTube, but it's the same when you know I'm at work and, and, I, and I've got to present to the client. I could very easily just stand there and point at the presentation and read out the words on the screen, but you don't. You engage and you you yeah. you, you, you you take the piss and you kind of. Um, yeah, poke people to see if they're involved. Yeah, Steve. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, to get, like you say, to kind of not keep it just on YouTube. Like doing the uh, the the classes. One of the most important things is people not paying attention, or people paying attention. Sorry, um, <laughs> especially in an environment where you've got hot metal or you know, you've got spinning blades and and things like that. Like the the kind of things that that makers do tend to have dangerous aspects to them um and having someone that's not paying attention is is really really detrimental to to the entire class because if if you've got one person that's not paying attention you end up having to uh almost give them like one-on-one 
tuition just to make sure that they're being safe. Um, so like the, there's a lot of different ways that you can uh, you 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 can grab their attention. Um, I mean, some of it may just be outright saying like, if you're not going to listen, just go because this is dangerous and you need to pay attention. And that's a really um, like negative, uh, yeah. forceful way of doing it. And and I've seen a few people that have done yeah. it. And telling someone to pay attention is the least fucking effective yeah. way of getting to pay attention. Exactly. <laughs> Ron, are you paying no, attention? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is like you do that, and then they kind of go, Ugh. Yeah. and then they'll pretend to pay attention and <laughs> not listen. And it's like, w- why, why do it like that? Like that's never going to work. Um, so I've seen, like, so I've seen people do that, and always thought that, that's bad. Um, so coming up with like creative ways to get people to pay attention is is challenging, and obviously every person is different. Like what works works, and some one person's not going to work on another. Um, and one one of the ways that uh, I've kind of dealt with it in the past is is kind of getting everybody else um, up and running, and and like going through the demo, trying to keep it as interesting as we can. Like drop in random jokes, drop in um, like silly. Al-isms, where you refer to something as something completely different. Um, uh, one, one of the other things is just being honest. Like pe- when people go to a, a, a class, they tend to be, it be quite formal. And if you're informal and you say things like, "It gets really fucking hot, so don't touch it," people go, "Oh, well, this okay." He's actually being serious, sort of thing. Um, so, like dropping in little things like that tends to help, but. I've I've had it a few times where we've had um, people that have been there and they've during the group sessions, they've just not, or the group talks bits, they've just not really paid attention. And, um, and it's basically just a case of going, all right, okay, well, as long as they're being safe, it's, it's fine. It doesn't matter if they fuck up a few times. I don't, I don't really care. Um, and getting everybody else running, getting everybody up and going. And then when they're struggling and when they're, I, I tend to find people that don't pay attention don't also don't tend to ask questions. They just kind of sit there and go, oh, well, this isn't working, so it's shit. Um, <laughs> like going up to them afterwards or whilst they're actually doing it and being like, right, reason that's not happening is, or the reason that's happening is because you've not done this or you've not been doing that. Kind of explaining it to them in that one-in-one thing and just kind of saying like, look, I did talk about this uh, um, during the, the initial demo. Um, but but trying to put that in a way that's not well i have told you already and that's really really difficult to do because it's so difficult to not come across as patronizing when you're trying to tell someone something that is basically i've already told you this why aren't you listening um and like i say there's there's no simple way to do it so it's one of those that i constantly fighting with and i've not yet found a a surefire way of doing it and let's say a lot of the time it is kind of playing it by ear and playing off the group but one of the things that we do try and do is when people are paired up is try and make sure at least one of the pair knows what they're doing and kind of trying to get them to work together so that i'm not tied up then with uh dealing with one person the whole time um and they can kind of help each other out and it it does sometimes seem to to work but it's yeah it's it's not it's not easy. So I'm, I'm interested. And and again, like one of the things that I love about uh, working with you guys is seeing how you do it and, and trying to pick up on those things and, and convert them, whether it's like something you do on YouTube and trying to turn that into something that we can use in the shop or, or, um, or like just the way that you uh, put things across on the podcast or whatever, like trying to pick up on those things and trying to pick up on them from, from other students and t- uh, from other teachers and, and people uh, to, to try and make something that'll work for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that the teaching approach is, is obviously one facet of this. Mm. And I think obviously, Steve, you've, you've got a, a, a good approach to that and a good presence. Um, I was thinking about Rory as well and kind of the, yeah, the, like some of the shock tactics that he'd use, yeah. you know, whether it's just like screaming a loud noise or like, you know, using, um, you know, uh, music or rhythm, things yeah. to kind of to, to, to get you to remember Where's stuff. Money? Money. Money. Yeah, no, I remember that ever yeah. since he did it because he, he found a way to make, you know, using your hands related to using your musical knowledge yeah. in your brain. 
Um, and I, I do like those associations. We play, you know, we play a lot of association game on this podcast. I think it's um, that's a fantastic way to get someone's attention. Is to again, you know, back to Brett's favorite quote of um, finding the subject material relatable. Yeah, you know, if you can, if you can transport somebody from from what the, the actual literal thing is that you're doing into something that they'll give a shit about, they'll pay attention. Yeah, if you're just trying to get someone to remember their times tables by getting to the repeat their times tables, they're not you're not going to hold their attention for much longer. And I, that was one of my frustrations at school is that the approach to the curriculum was just the same fucking approach that it has been for decades, centuries. Yeah, um, and you're not going to you're not. How do I reach these kids? You're not you're not going to because you you've just um, you're just going through the motions. Yeah, and again, yeah, don't want to talk about. This just just YouTube, but there's a lot of people just going through the motions. Yeah, um, and you can go through the motions well, and in a polished fashion, and you can have nice lighting. But if you if you're not doing something that subverts people's expectations or has a level of interest that um, is not expected, like I I I I struggle to find the value in it because if yeah. you just if you're just meeting expectations, it's like the lowest common denominator. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a really good point because there's there's a lot of um, people and makers out there that that do things that I'm not necessarily interested in. Like, yeah. and I and I don't mean and that. I don't, in a nasty I, way. I don't. Yeah, just just to clarify, like I don't mean the making of products. Yeah, like going through the motions to make something properly. Like I want yeah. my plumber to go through the fucking motions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but if I want to be entertained, which is is the field in which I'm in, so that's what yeah. I'm interested in. Um, I want to be holding people's attention. Yeah, because so I mean, like, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not referring to everything anyone does. Yeah, all <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, was, I was just going to say because I think there is a time and a place for those kind of going through the steps, very yeah. basic, very formal, and being an electrician. <laughs> but, but even when it being comes to a being a surgeon. <laughs> um, but like, if 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 I want to do. Um, like I want to know exactly how to do a specific technique, or you know, I'm I need to change the uh, the starter motor on the Land Rover. Like I want to watch something where it's clear, simple instructions. It's you know, it's following steps, and it's something that I can watch and I can go right. Okay, I know how to do that now. Mm. Whereas if it's um, something that either I'm just I'm just interested in, I want to pick up some some tips on you know on a bit of metalworking, or I'm I'm just watching someone make something out of wood or whatever like i don't necessarily want to know the exact instructions on how to do it i want to be like that that or that's not going to be enough to hold my attention i want something entertaining and fun there whether it's you know the fact that the guy's dressed like a pirate or you know that he's talking to a <laughs> just a bit of fun yeah <laughs> um but like, you know what i mean like there's if there's something else there then it's interesting and it doesn't have to be something as, as overt as that. It can just be the fact that you, you know, you've condensed it down and it, it's actually quite a short video. So I'm not watching 30 seconds of you just pushing something through a table saw, like skipping those steps and just going for the, the beauty shots as it were. Mm. Um, and, and I think there's lots of different ways that you can do that, that you can keep people's attentions. And, and I think it, it's in the YouTube space, it's quite an interesting thing because there's so many different ways I've seen it done. And some of them are, are wacky and brilliant and entertaining, like the Maker Monster, for example. Like I don't care what he's building; I'm I'm interested in watching it because there's all these random characters, and you know, the, even just the set is beautiful and entertaining, and and makes me want to watch it. Um, but then there's plenty of people out there that are making things that are are just basic and simple, and there's not any of the flashy. Um, background there's no story or, or anything else to it but the, the way that they shoot it and the way that they present it is is still interesting yeah. um and whether that's because it's an interesting project or because the way that they're doing it or the fact that they're doing it with um you know tools that they shouldn't be using like when i've seen um uh, people that have, have made like quite interesting complex things but they've done it with the most basic of tools that's still quite interesting because it's, it's like oh well i didn't even realize you could use that to do that and, and i think that's again it comes back to subverting expectations yeah and I, th- I think that's really powerful something like um uh, primitive technology yeah you know it's just a guy in his underpants yeah. and then all of a sudden he's like Paint built a, a, built built a forge 
and he's uh, he's smelting ore from the yeah. from the riverbank. And you're like, but he only he just had his pants a minute ago. <laughs> and and that's that's the unexpected. Like you, you, you yeah. he's holding your attention because like exactly to your point, Steve, like what what is he gonna do next? Yeah. And I I love that as a way of um like like pulling on your kind of brain strings. It's like yeah. well, I can't possibly know what's gonna happen next. If you're just waiting for you know, if you're just watching Fast and the Furious and you're waiting for the bit where the car goes, like, you know, that's what's going to happen next. Yeah. But if I'm watching something that I have absolutely no fucking idea, um, I remember um, everybody banging on a bit about, about Luther. This your Luther. You've, you've got to watch Luther. You've got to watch Luther. And I was like, oh, it's another BBC fucking cop drama. Like, I've no interest yeah. in it. I've seen all the shows on the BBC. I know what all the shows on the BBC are like. It'll be well produced and and you know uh, just monotonous and and <laughs> yeah. kind of lacking any real piss and vinegar um but then i did watch it and I had an open mind and the first episode i watched a guy just walked around with a spray bottle full of acid and a hammer and i was like whoa like, <laughs> this is not the bbc what the fuck yeah. have i turned on and i was like the opening scene i was like holy shit like this has got my attention yeah um yes it was shock tactics which are kind of quite easy to to achieve it in, in, in kind of media and things and, and movies, it's quite easy to get, you know, you can watch Saw and it'd be, oh, it's shock. Um, yeah. But I think the fact that it was in the context of like a, a, a gritty, realistic police drama, that all of yeah. a sudden there was this, you know, bizarre thing going on. Um, it got my attention. And and that's the kind of thing that, that excite me and interest me and will make me watch something all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's one of the things, though, is you, you either need to start really really strong and and like say like that instant oh yeah. fuck what's this or it's it's that thing where you you want to know more so you, you know if do you either want to you know show more? <laughs> like you, you you could show the end product but yeah like you make people go how did you get there and i don't understand why you showed that you're going to use this tool when i can't see that working in whatever and like having those having people keep guessing what you're doing and, and not knowing what those set next steps are. Like, yeah. you know, if, if you're going to build a box, if you're going to build a box, the same the way box? That, <laughs> what's in the, damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if you're going to build a box in the same way that every other person builds a box, then it's, it's not going to be an interesting video unless you, you find a way of, uh, of um, subverting those expectations. And that could be like, I'm going to make a box, but I'm going to do it all using a spoon and a lathe or, or something like that. Like <laughs> you, you need to, yeah. Make it a bit interesting. <laughs> I want to see the spoon lathe box. <laughs> I want it to get, see that. It goes into everything, like mu- like music and albums and stuff. Like I, I remember, um, I think I've had this conversation, but like <laughs> when you when you used to be able to put the CDs on in Woolworths, and I put on um, <clears throat> I put on the Darkness album, Permission to Land. Yeah, never heard any of their songs. You know, this was the era of just like shit generic indie music in the UK and. There was no, there was very little rock. There was certainly no sort of like eighties power rock. Yeah, and um, and I just put that album on, and the opening track was Black Shuck, and it, within two seconds, I knew I was buying that CD. Yeah, because just out the gates, it was like right, no nonsense. This is this is rock. Yeah, <laughs> this is how we're going to do it. Um, so you know, it doesn't it doesn't always have to be left field. It doesn't always have to be something also a band. Um, it doesn't always have to be something that you just um, the outfield also a band. Also, band that, <laughs> that takes you totally by surprise, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't expecting that." It could just be like putting your cards on the table, like yeah. straight from the outset. Like this yeah. is what I, this is what the next three minutes of your life is going to be. Yeah, Are you win or you're out. Yeah, no, definitely. And, I like that. And I think um, also you made a good point about the, the being in the right context mm. because if you've got something that's in the 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 context of of everything is like you say awesome shit. <laughs> <laughs> of, of shit generic indie pop then <clears throat> when you lay down something like an 80s rock band it, it's people are going to go oh fuck this is different why well, i wasn't expecting this and yeah so i think um like think about the context is is an important thing as well well but i, I <clears throat> Go ahead, Steve, Sorry. finish up. I, I was actually going to say, but I want to hear what Brett's got to say about this because it's been really <laughs> quiet. Well, yeah, you guys have been on a steady back and forth and I'm not one to interject, right? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So I I like the music analogy because I I spent a lot of my younger years playing around in bands and attempting to become a professional terrible musician. Um and it, it was so funny because I I ended up running into a handful of people that were extremely talented. Yeah. <clears throat> extremely talented musicians at age 18, 19, 20 that should not have been playing pop punk music. Like, <laughs> why why are we attempting to rewrite the something corporate album? Um it, it was crazy because they had, it was just like my, my first dealings with that difference in perspective, right? What, what we were trying to do was play a song or, or create a song. Great. My approach was I write a bass line to go with the guitar part, but my lead guitarist who was super talented would go as far as saying this would be, in the beginning of the set list or here's how I'd like this story to build our set into the other songs that we had created. So he was already four or five steps beyond that because he was thinking as, as a brand or as the, the dynamics that are the music that we're playing in front of people or the album that we would eventually try and put out or put together and what order they all go in. And he was paying so much more attention to those details way before I had even, you know, gotten a couple of, terrible riffs down and like standard four four timing like i gotta play four notes this song <laughs> just leave me alone it's gonna be hard um and when it comes to you know i i ended up selling off a lot of the gear like i, I didn't have any mates to play with anymore um and once i started to get out of playing the music i i think i started to develop more of an appreciation for the music i was listening to so actually getting really into jazz after that or actually really appreciating classical music or, you know, a violinist or, or somebody that can go up and play a piano as if they had been playing it literally all their entire life, which yeah. probably they had at that mm -hmm. point. But somebody that can use a tool to create music on a level that like the perspective's not even there. So to to Al's point where it's like, you know, he listens to the Darkness album and it, you go, oh, man, I haven't heard this in forever. So it's surprising not out of them hitting you in the face with like, right, here's a shit ton of marketing, slap you in the face, go listen to our album. Like, you're going to buy it because we marketed it correctly. This was just, it was out of the norm for that period of time, right? Yeah. Anytime, I, I know we keep harking on about not making it about YouTube, but <laughs> I've had more than a couple of people tell me that, they they do have an appreciation for some of the videos that I use, like the lo-fi music and or the really chill music, even though I'm doing something that would typically be with like rock music underneath it or like something really heavy and, and driving. But it that's it's a different perspective. I actually like working to pretty relaxing music because it keeps me relaxed. Like putting on orchestral music in the background while you're forging can do things for you. It has a really nice yeah. drive and a really nice build to it. And some of it is very soft and some of it is very powerful. And I wasn't um, paying attention. And I thought you said kestrel music. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> ah! we're going to bring up, re bring up the Ibis, the Ibis. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love, Anytime we can make an analogy to music or, or make a comparison to music, because everybody has their own perspective and attention when it comes to music, I'm I'm sure more than a few of us could go through an album that we listen to for, you know, 10, 15 or still listen to years and go, right, I know what the first song is. I know what the 10th <laughs> song is. I know the exact yeah. order. I know, I know that if I let that thing play out, I can pick up the first word of every single song or the first note of every single song because I know how long the pause breaks are in between the songs, you know? Yeah. That's not even necessary. That's that subconscious play paying attention where your brain just eats it so much. You notice all the details. You've digested it so well. It creates that appreciation for it. And, and just to wrap it up, it's not like I have some grand idea, deep-seated idea for what I'm trying to produce in my videos or, or in my work, but it is those details. Like I, I would rather build an appreciation or, or an attention from the audience 
of of the little things that get done. The stuff in the background, the little hints. Oh, I saw that last time. I knew that was coming up in the next video. <laughs> you know, that that would be that would be my like favorite achievement would be to have people pick up and pay attention, right? We always talk about learning how to think or teaching how to think. Yeah. That requires an attentive nature and a lot of investment in time and energy. Like Steve, if you're watching how to put an engine back together, please go watch a step-by-step tutorial so you don't <laughs> fuck it up. But if we're trying to be creative and have an appreciation for things, then yeah. attention is is hard to find nowadays or to grab people's attention. I'm not going to be the one that yells at you at the beginning of the video. Is what it is. Yeah. Maybe one time. I might do it. <laughs> Just stop here. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Books, books. <laughs> <laughs> we were all there, but uh, but the thing is, is I don't I don't think it has to be right at the beginning. Like you, if if you can get someone watching for a little bit uh, for for long enough that you can then do it, then then you can drop something in then. Because one of the uh, sorry, Al, I know you had uh, a point to make as well, but I just quickly want to interject. Um, uh, you talk about the music and and like the the styles and everything like a, a great way to suddenly get someone's attention is if you've got like i, I had um uh, i was listening to some classical uh earlier on while i was doing some work just because it was nice easy background music if i'm listening to that and then all of a sudden like youtube decides that it's going to drop in some mighty some, mighty bastards yeah like something completely polar opposite to it all of a sudden i'm like oh fuck, I, I, i'm paying attention again now like and and that's quite a good thing to use is to to suddenly change gears, whether that's, um, you know, if you've been working on something for ages, like you're, you're in the workshop and, you know, you've been planing a bar top for the last four hours and you, yep. you kind of go, actually, you know what? My brain's melted. I'm no longer paying attention to so just stop for 20 minutes and just change and do something completely different and, and kind of, force your brain to to start paying attention to it again and then you can go back um but yeah sorry you carry on now no no actually it, it follows on from you quite nicely the we're talking about how to hold people's attention but i think equally as important is how to yourself hold attention so if yeah. you are the, if you are the viewer or the recipient um yeah because if you're recipient. bored then anybody watching or involved is going to be bored as well yeah but you know even your attitude as you're going into something you need to kind of almost prepare yourself or your your effort levels are just as important yeah it's not all just about you know you have to be involved you have to be an engaging um mm-hmm. audience otherwise why are you there you know yeah we talk we talk about um school and, and kind of um my frustrations with with the education system and, and how things are taught you know it's equally important that the kids learn to pay attention and have, and have yeah. respect and and similar with with our audiences you know people are putting a lot of effort into things. Um, and if you're not willing to pay attention and all you're willing to do is judge um kind of the, the, the problem is more in your field. Yeah. Um, because if, if you don't get a joke or if you don't get a reference and then start being a troll because you're too lazy to understand the reference, that's your problem and your fault, <laughs> you know, um, it's not the person who's done it. Um, we've had a couple of experiences uh, these past couple of weeks, actually, with with people in the community who um, where people didn't get the joke, um, yeah. or <laughs> were, too, were too busy worried about their own agenda to actually pay attention to what's going on, yeah. or to see the bigger picture, or to do their basic fucking research. Um, and that's equally as important. So I think yeah. there's a conversation around like how you can hold attention. Like we're all guilty of it we can sit there with you know so much stimulus going on and like you know social media mobile phone instant technology and media around you all the time and um, it can be incredibly difficult to pay attention to things especially yeah. if you've got add like yeah. <laughs> like the majority of people in this community seem to have um yeah. that's not a laughing matter but it seems to be <laughs> incredibly true um the being able to pay attention is is an art form in its own right Brett. Oh, you just twiggling your finger. Was that well, a hand no, up or were you just Yeah, there was a hand up. Yeah. And yeah, and you said art form, which beautiful segue, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful segue. <laughs> I think you were planning on it, right? Um <coughs> I I think of this in the same way that uh, I don't know if if everybody does this. Um 
it's it's difficult sometimes because I know I went to art school and I I grew up having an appreciation for artists, you know, creative creative folk. And we had a really nice museum in Kansas City, considering it was a like kind of in the middle of nowhere, Kansas City or Middle America, right? You don't expect to have a bunch of like art culture, yeah. but we had a really beautiful museum called the Nelson Atkins and. I, I remember going a few times when I was younger and not really having a, an appreciation for it because my attention was just not being held by anything. I had yeah. no investment yeah. in it. And I was like, why isn't the painting talking to me or moving? You know, <laughs> TV is better. And then I got older and especially go. post, <laughs> especially post uh, uni, I, I went back. I remember going back to a museum, to the same museum and just, kind of setting myself up, you know, park in the parking lot and go, look, minimum three hours. I'm just going to slowly take this all in and see if I can really understand what, what I've been looking at in art books and, you know, my art history classes and everything. And I, it it was so crazy that the investment in, in my own attention and, and the energy that I put into just going, right stand in front of this painting. It's 400 years old. There's more to appreciate than just the image. Yeah. You know, this thing is so old. How did it survive? And then you look at the placard and it's got the story behind it and where it came from and who owned it or what museum it's traveling in from. And then I just continued doing that. And especially once I moved to New York city, I went to all the museums as often as I could. And, um, the thing that really came out of it was going to, uh, the Met, I used to I used to take well Saturdays and Sundays were a nightmare to try and go there because of tourists. Um, but any day I could, I would try to just escape to the Met. It wasn't yeah. too far; it was like two or three train stops from from where I worked. And I used to just go and walk around with headphones on, playing mm-hmm. whatever kind of music I could. But it ended up helping me. Uh, kind of get back to a status quo or like a stasis point, right? Where yeah. uh, quieting everything down, looking at a bunch of beautiful creative works, stuff that's very, very old, some of the new stuff, really like far out there, you know, like this darkness album that came out of nowhere. You're like, holy crap, <laughs> all of these people were carving marble. Where the hell did that thing come from? You know, it, those moments of, of, uh, kind of instant gratification when you, when you can appreciate something that's not even, it's not moving, it's not talking to you, it's not really interacting with you at all. You just go and stand in front of it and you just get to walk away going, inspiration, accepted! And you go to the next <laughs> one and you say, accepted! Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's, like, you've both made really, really good points there about um, learning how to uh, not force yourself, but but what makes you pay attention and learning to tr- to train yourself to be able to pay attention. You'll get um, there, Steve. Don't worry. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely a training thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and the thing is, is if you can if you can train because I exactly the same with with uh, museums and art. Like I I remember um, going to to art museums uh, when I was younger and just not really getting and, and museums in general like not really being that interested. Whereas now. <laughs> I, now I, you'll go to a steam engine museum for like yeah. six days. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll, I'll quite happily just live there sort of thing. Like I, and, and it's finding those things that I find interesting, but also finding things that I don't necessarily find interesting and, and force myself to understand a bit more about them and understand why other people are interested in them to then kind of spark that, that fire in my head sort of thing. Um, like, uh understanding why someone else is interested in it so that i can then um become interested in it myself and 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 understand why and i think learning why is a really important thing because once you understand why you pay attention and what helps you pay attention to things you can then use that knowledge to to not force people but 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 to to get other people to pay attention to you like if you don't understand what grabs your attention you're going to struggle to find uh, to to be able to grab other people's attention um and i think that's that's a a a really important thing especially if you're doing this um whether it's for youtube or whether you're doing it as as client work because like one of the one of the things i find is when i'm in the pub or i'm i'm at a uh, event or whatever and i meet someone that's um that starts talking to me about about what i do about blacksmithing um 
the the best way to get a um a commission out of them is to to grab their attention and to make them become interested in what i'm doing and and i can do that by being really passionate and explaining um about uh like for example i was, I was in the pub the other day and someone was asking about potentially doing a, a fire tool set for the house and i think they were kind of expecting it to be like oh yeah maybe 50 quid tops um and i said I, something like that would cost x amount and then started explaining why and going into it and getting excited and kind of like helping them to understand why this was going to be so much more expensive um but doing it in a way that was keeping their interest so not not just standing there going ah well it's because i've got to do lots of work on it like like actually going and be like, oh yeah because i've got to do this which means that then i've got to do that and then blah blah blah, blah. and kind of going into a bit more detail um and finding a way f- to keep it interesting to them um and in doing that made them understand why that commission was so much more expensive than they were expecting to pay and it ended up being that they were like actually yeah that's that's totally worth the money yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna accept your quote and i'm gonna go for it and that was that was literally just a a case of finding a way to keep them interested whilst explaining why their expectations were unrealistic um so i think having knowledge of or understanding sorry of of what holds someone's attention is is really important not just for like you say for for views on youtube but for actually um real world uh reasons as well <laughs> just talking about real world i've i've come to, something's dawned on me about this podcast is that that me and brett talk in analogies and metaphors all the time and Steve just talks about things that happened to him in the pub <laughs> or, or happened to him at work. And it just reminds me of um, as good as it gets. It's like people that talk in metaphors are to shampoo my crotch. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's just like, stop using fucking analogies all the time. Just tell me what literally what you mean. And I think yeah. you do that really well, Steve. Um, there's some, there's some great tools to kind of be, be able to force yourself to pay attention. Um, like, removing stimulus so like you know just go and put your phone over in the corner of the room don't look at it don't touch it um if you're eating your dinner just sit at a table and eat your dinner and you'll pay attention to it and you'll enjoy the food more and you'll digest it properly and you'll chew it and you'll get more nutrients out of it don't do it while you're doing 10 other things um when i'm in meetings i write down what's going on i'm never going to read those notes again i can't even read my own handwriting yeah. But the, the 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 act of me writing down what's going on in that meeting makes me remember it and proves that I'm paying attention. If I don't do that, I'll be thinking about 12 projects in my head while yeah. evaluating a film and counting the tiles on the wall and, you know, coming up with a recipe. So if I can focus my mind into one thing, um, it removes that multitasking bullshit that is a non-existent art form um, yeah. because you're just not doing one thing properly. So there's there's, there's absolutely ways you can train yourself to pay attention. Um, if you have to force it, maybe it's something that you don't want to pay attention to. Yeah. <laughs> if it's really, really boring, maybe that's all what it is. It's really, really boring. Um, but but to Brett's point, you know, if you can go back and reevaluate something and appreciate something a bit more because you're putting the effort in yourself, there's there's way more value to it. Um, but I think I think whatever they may be for yourself, just like learning those little tricks, like oh yeah, I'm gonna, you know, engage in a conversation so say the thing back to them or look them in the eye while they're talking to me because it shows that I'm listening and then subconsciously I am listening. You know, I'm yeah. not just I'm not just waiting for my turn to talk. I'm actually involved in the conversation. Yeah. No, I, I think that that whole especially the the writing things down in the meeting is is a really good idea because if like you say, like having slight um ADD or ADHD or whatever it's called. Like the, the fact Two very that, different things. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but but like have, having an, an attention deficit um disorder, it it does it, it it kind of forces you to to keep your attention there. Um I think that's that is actually a really good tip and it's something that I might actually steal because I constantly find myself sat in meetings thinking about like how I'm gonna make a hammer or something like that when I Because it's boring because you're at work and like, people yeah. are talking about portfolio structure management yeah. and architecture research with consumers. And it's like, Ugh. but yeah. you know, you might be able to find the gems in that and the, the little hidden nuggets that will make you tell a compelling story 
Yeah. If you're paying attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I think that's, that's actually a really good tip. Um, but uh, go on, you can but, do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to say, has anybody like, is there any other points that you guys want to make right. before we kind of wrap it up? Cause um, I've no idea how long we've been talking for now. Cause I wasn't paying attention. 42 minutes. 42 minutes. Oh, you can probably. 42. 42. Meaning of life. Yeah. That's, that is a, a spiffing number. Cool. So Brett is going to go first this week. So Brett, who do you think is fitting? Um, I'm going to latch on to the whole storytelling, paying attention, Easter eggy type stuff that we've been chatting about. Um, Just yesterday, I got uh, re-reminded, reintroduced to uh, Luke. Luke Besson's film Wasabi, which was the predecessor to The Professional, which we all know and love. But all that started me down was this road of, of like good storytellers, good movie storytellers. And, you know, Luke Besson's done some great work. And then recently I haven't quite been as into his storytelling. But somebody that I think has always kept my attention and it's really enjoyable to rewatch the films regardless of how you feel about the director is Quentin Tarantino um because most if not all of his movies have so much depth in the scenes the context the the dialogue you know the hints the easter eggs and stuff you can go on youtube and find analyses of every film and what hint means what and why he used that color over there because it harks back to a 1940s japanese film from kurosawa you know um and i i know tarantino's got a lot of uh like violence and gore so we were chatting a little bit about it al al said you can definitely watch a film a tarantino film and just appreciate it because it's kind of ridiculous and over the top and there's blood everywhere and there's action and whatever but uh talk about somebody that you can dive way deeper if you're paying attention and and kind of gain more out of it uh it's fun to put the stories together and watch watch what is it the four rooms oh fucking the four rooms that movie (laughs) is insane and there's just so much going on all the time and it's like you want to talk about a difference between slow and fast pace? Yeah. Watch The Magnificent Seven and then watch Four Rooms and realize that like one is extremely slow. <laughs> Tons of lockdown wide shots, snow, cold, quiet. <laughs> and then you watch Four Rooms, which is just like keeping you feeling like you're on meth the entire time. <laughs> but go have some fun, watch a Tarantino movie. Or go watch an analysis of a Tarantino movie. And try not to count how many times he mentions feet or uh <laughs> shoots, shoots people's feet there's a drinking there used to be a drinking game in college we do on kill bill movies where you drink every time somebody's feet are on camera was it called apparently tarantino's toes tarantine toes taranitos nope it was <laughs> called renito it was called you'll be drunk by minute 10 of the movie <laughs> uh uh yeah cool Al, you're next. Yeah, um, sticking to a similar theme as Brett um, in terms of storytelling. I've recently discovered Dust, the YouTube channel, which is um, a channel that produces sci-fi shorts. And I absolutely cannot believe that I have never come across this channel before because they have like 100 movies in their catalog, um, all independently produced, range from incredibly good to incredibly not good. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's absolute potluck which one you get um but they're all different genres um within sci-fi but you know the the, the mediums are all different there's animations there's really far-fetched futuristic space ones there's you know sci-fi films that are set now um budget's different you know production value is different but there's a recurring theme um which i won't kind of give away but if you give it a go some of them are absolutely fantastic um but again it's like the you don't want to know what's going to happen because they're all short films, sort of like five, 10 minutes long. And so you don't want to watch the trailer. You don't want a synopsis. You just put it on and it's like, right, I'm I'm being transported 
you've got a short time for me to tell a story. They're all, some of them are a bit kind of um, frustrating because they, they capture your attention, but then just end. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that just feels like <laughs> one part, you know, and it's, it's obviously deliberate because that's what gets people to come back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely fantastic at keeping your attention, very short period of time. And it's yeah. worth your involvement as well because you don't know what to expect. So dust and yeah. various filmmakers, various directors. I was, I was going to say, it, it's funny you say, like you, because I'm just quickly looking at their um, their videos now. Yeah. Um, like just the thumbnails of some of them are really grabbing my attention yeah. and making me want to watch them. So, yeah. Yeah. They do, they do a really good job of that. Yeah, you know, it, could be, it could be like a, a captivating like image of like a, a robot's face, and you're like, "Oh, who's that robot? What's his story? What's what's yeah. his name? You know, what's going to happen?" So yeah, mm-hmm. really good. I'm yeah. specifically looking at the two thumbnails right next to each other, where it says "short film bad Peter, clean version," and then right <laughs> next to it is the uncensored version, and there's a six, <laughs> six second difference. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just I want to know why I'm not even intrigued by what the photo is. I'm intrigued by what the six second difference is. Oh, then there's a uh, Nikola Tesla and the end of the world. All right, move along. Oh, yeah, better, yeah. better. <laughs> uh, so for me, keeping with the idea of uh, keeping people's attentions and actually kind of linking in from Tesla, um, I am going to actually spiff a podcast. Um, and I think we've actually spiffed them before, but it's uh, it's Keith Decent's um, from the Roundup podcast because it's it's a great example of keeping your attention on something that you you wouldn't think would keep your attention. Uh, like uh, the last episode was about Allen keys, and <laughs> I, I'm not being funny. If somebody said, "Oh, do you want to listen to a podcast about Allen keys?" I would say no. Um, What's an Allen key? <laughs> uh, but Keith does a great job of um, of, of storytelling and of, of capturing your attention and and making something that's. Um, that... To be fair, that did follow the episode about plywood and about a radio tower. So if, yeah. you, if you were to look at the uh, the episode descriptions <laughs> from the outset, you would be like, "Oh, that's not going to hold my attention." But yeah. yeah. To be yeah. fair, uh, I hate when people say "to to be fair." It always sounds like "to be fair." <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, it, and it's a great example of of making something that's that you wouldn't think of as being uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting and holding your attention um, into something that is interesting and does hold your attention. Yeah, and he's put a lot of time and effort and research into all the episodes. Yeah. So, cheers to him for doing Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. So. Yeah, go go check his podcast out, and also him as well if you want. Uh, I think that's it. Have we got any other business? I've just got one thing on short attention span. Uh, you reminded me, Steve, of another podcast which I think I've talked about in the past. Um, you probably all know Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, but he has a podcast. Oh yeah, um, called the way I heard it, and the the, the description of the podcast is uh, for those with the um, curious mind but the short attention span. Yeah, so they're always sort of five ten minutes long, um, so they're really easy to, to digest, and he will keep your attention throughout the story because it's very much like a a, a reveal twist at the end, unexpected thing. Yeah, um, but he's telling a, a compelling story. So if you don't don't know Mike Rowe, if you haven't heard um, the way I heard it, I suggest you check that out as well. I think the exact I opposite of listening to Night Vale, where it's like, yes, for people with way too much time <laughs> yeah. and reading into absolutely every detail of every episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that that may have actually been your second ever spiff on the podcast before we had Brett on. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, cool. In that case, uh, I'm assuming, Brett, you, you haven't got anything else? No. No. Cool. I have nothing. So uh, let's move on to the outro. If you want to get hold of us and speak to us and see us and see what we're up to and try and see if we hold your attention... Then you can find us on all the ocean. You are oh, fucking hell. all the oceans, all the, the oceans, the Indian Ocean, yeah, the Ocean Ocean's Eleven, the Atlantic Ocean, Danny Ocean Fifteen, <laughs> the Sandra Bullock. <laughs> uh, you can find us on all the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine, Billy Ocean, Ocean. You can find Brett at <laughs> Scumbag Thirteen, probably sailing find- the ocean. Al at Al's Hack Shack. You will find Al in a gutter if the Pats win on Sunday, but this will be <laughs> out on Wednesday, so we will never know. 
Or we'll oh, we'll know. We'll yeah. know. Uh, yeah, that that uh, that threw me because that's it. The usual thing. Uh, no. We've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've, <laughs> um, to be fair. To be fair. To, to be, be fair. fair. Yeah, I think JP does it enough on the on the on the Makes International podcast. What? Uh, it says I'll shack shack. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, yeah, and if you want to get hold of us as a group, you can find us at fwtpodcast.com. You can join the Facebook group at uh, facebook.com uh, and just search for Fools with Tools. Um, and that's it, I think. Yeah? T- tidy. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's because I was paying attention the whole way. Bye! 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 Do I have your attention?